Hi, and welcome to Dollars and Making Sense, a weekly radio program about finance, money and investing on Radio Northern Beaches and now broadcast nationally on the community radio network around Australia. I'm your host, Ray Treveson, and I'm from OTG Capital. And today we're welcoming to the microphone Neville Berthesill from the Institute of Financial Professionals Australia, formerly known as Tax and Super Australia. And formerly before that, it was the Taxpayers Association, wasn't it, Neville? Uh, Taxpayers Australia, and then before that, the Taxpayers Association. So you've had a few name changes, but hey, you've been around for over 100 years, so I guess you're entitled to a few name changes over that time, aren't you? I think so. (laughs) Okay. So, Neville, you are the tax manager for IFPA, uh, and I'll use that uh, four-letter acronym, IFPA, rather than saying the Institute the entire time. So can you just give the listeners a bit of a view of what you do at IFPA and how uh, your role at IFPA and and tax has evolved? Certainly. So IFPA is a not-for-profit association that supports primarily tax and BAS agents who are sole traders or have small practices and therefore don't have the resources to be able to attend to all their needs of their clients. And we support them with resources. We publish a magazine. We publish a reference book. We have webinars. We have a conference coming up and various resources like that. We also have a helpline where they can call in and get immediate support if they need. Now, I recently interviewed your CEO, Pippa McKee, and certainly convergence is a a word that's on the tip of her tongue. And with the name change going to the Institute of Financial Professionals Australia, I guess you're trying to broaden your reach now into the advice arena as well, one would be fair to suggest. That's true. I mean, as you said, we've been in business for over 100 years. We know what we're doing. We've identified that there was a cohort of financial planners who were basically not supported and we're looking to welcome those into our organisation and looking at synergies between those and our tax advisors going forward. Now, I I have to admit, Neville, whenever I mention tax at uh, a family barbecue or a gathering of friends, I immediately get these rolls of the eyes and the, oh, my God, Ray's going to bore us to tears. But look, what we're going to covering off to be covering off today, I don't think is very boring at all. We're going to be talking about work from home. Now, there's been some major changes in the tax office advice and the deductions available in the work for, from home in, arena, haven't there? That's correct. So, I, as you said, I think most people are aware of working from home and and what that entails. But I think also most people think of it as it started with COVID and it came out of COVID and just people found that they enjoy it and they want to continue doing it. <laughs> um, it's funny about that, eh? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Up until the 30th of June 2022, the tax office had a concessional treatment available, which was the 80 cents. How many hours do you work from home? By 80 cents, there's your deduction, nice and simple. From the first, from the 30th of June, that ended. So from the 1st of July until the 16th of February, there was a bit of uncertainty about which way we're going forward. But on the 16th of February, the tax office released their new guidance on it, which cont- which provides more options, but more so more obligations for those people who were previously using what was called the shortcut method. 
So you, you use that TLA-SCM in my notes. I actually had to look it up and went, oh, right, shortcut method. Okay, fair enough. The shortcut didn't work for me first time around, but that's okay, the beauty of a search engine. So I, I guess one of the things that um, working from home is no strange item to me. I've actually been working from home since 1998. So I, I was in the IT game and I started working for American companies back in that in that era, just as the internet was breaking loose. And working from home for Silicon Valley companies was just the way things were done. And I was on an aeroplane more often than not, and they figured, why pay for expensive commercial real estate when we don't really need it? And so when COVID came along in 2020 and people went, oh, my God, we've got to work from home. Not just the fact that I'd been doing it for so long, I'd also been selling the technology around it for eons. And so I, I must say to people, it's amazing to me because the the CEO of Microsoft at the time said within the first three months of COVID, they achieved more in technology progress around work from home and remote working than they did in the previous 20 years. So the pandemic just really shook people out of their this, this myopia, I guess, and really went, oh, my God, it's really good. And, and I guess you would find it as well, wouldn't you, Neville? I mean, the, the idea that, you know, what we're doing right now, we're, we're doing this recording, but we're doing it remotely is just part of everyday practice now. Absolutely. How many, if you ask people back in 2018 who had heard of Zoom or WebEx or Microsoft Teams, I'm sure you would have got a blank look from many people. But now they're common terms amongst um, office workers and, and everybody else working from home. Yes, and in fact, Zoom is now a verb. So rather than it being a noun for a company, it's actually, uh, you know, people use it for uh, for a verb, which I, I think sort of grates me a little bit because, you know, you mentioned WebEx. Uh, that's actually a Cisco company, but that, that's been around for over 20 years. And so and Skype has been around for at least close to 20 years now and we've been able to use that. But who cares? I mean, my big thing was people started using it. And I think now because it's become so popular, um, the idea that I can run my businesses and we're doing what we're doing all remotely with the benefit of a good NBN, you know, everyone's now sitting there with very relaxed shoulders and going, okay, that's fine. But look, we're here today to talk about the tax uh, deductibility around the work from home environment. Now, I guess for many people that will apply, but let's just talk very quickly and put this in and out of the way. I operate my own company. So all my expenses I simply write off within the confines of expenses that are expended by my company. So these things in the tax code that we're talking about today really don't apply to small business owners, do they? They don't apply to the company, but you're an employee of the company, I would imagine. Therefore, they apply to you as to what can you deduct that your company isn't already covering for you. Uh-huh. Uh, and and. Sorry, but that's the, that's the writer. What the company isn't already covering for you. Exactly, exactly. You can't, you can't double dip. It, it, ah. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's, not, it's not an avocado dip. You can't go twice. Uh, well, you see, I'd written some notes here because uh, what I want to do towards the end of today's uh, discussion is, is really look at, you know, what are the common misconceptions? And this is obviously one of them where, you know, people that run a small business will claim, you know, they, they, if they buy broadband or if they've got a mobile phone, but then to go and, and write that off against the profits in their small business, but then to then personally claim that on that tax, that would be a double dip, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Yes. And the 
and as you would be aware, having worked from home for many years, the previous guidance that the ATO had out there, um, there was one method which was a hybrid method which enabled you to claim 52 cents per hour for what you worked. And that covered the um, electricity and gas, your home office cleaning, and your depreciation of your office furniture and fittings. But in addition to that, you could claim your internet, mobile, home phone, stationary consumables separately. So in your case, you're working from home and I'm claiming 52 cents because my company's not paying my electricity and my gas, but my company is paying for my mobile phone. So that's separate, therefore you don't claim that. The, the trick comes with the new guidance that was released this month, or last month actually, um, where by the new guidance includes your energy and as it did before, but now it also includes your internet expenses, your mobile phone, and your stationary and computer consumables. So therefore, if, if your company is already paying for your mobile phone plan, you can't then turn around and claim that in your own tax return as part of the working from home deduction. So by grouping some of these expense elements together, they've, I guess, uh, wittingly or unwittingly complicated the, that that code, that element of the tax code. Would that be a fair comment? There's an argument each way. I mean, you can say that by putting your phone and internet into a per rate method, you've taken out the requirement to allocate between what is private use and what is working from home use. So are you using the internet because you're working from home or is the, the kids are playing video games? Is the um, electricity because you're working from home or is it the dishwasher? They've taken all that away and said, here's a cents per hour rate. But the other side of the coin is, well, hang on, I'm on the top phone plan because I make a lot of international calls. And in addition to that, I'm actually required to travel internationally four times a year. So I have global roaming. So there is no way that the new rate, which by the way is 67 cents, is going to cover my phone plan, let alone all my other expenses. Okay. So so look, in your in the briefing notes that you've uh, you've given me. Uh, one of the things that uh, I, I guess stuck out at me is that, you know, taxpayers have to maintain contemporaneous report records, uh, records. And so I, certainly I'd be very pleased if you could explain to the listeners what a contemporaneous record is. Certainly, Ray, I'll do my best. Um, I guess the first point to make is that it's not a new requirement. It is a requirement that was there in the shortcut method. And indeed, in the instructions and the guidance the ATO provided for the shortcut method, it talks about that you have to keep a record of the hours you've worked from home. That could be in the form of timesheets, rosters, a diary or similar documentation. Then they go on to give an example of Ephraim who's working from home because of COVID. During the entire period he's working from home. Ephraim notes in the calendar on his computer when he starts and finishes each day, along with a note about any breaks he has and how long those breaks were. So there is a some confusion out there that 
I was a nine to five office worker. I've been picked up and put at home because of COVID. So therefore my deduction would be 52 weeks adjusted for public holidays, annual leave, et cetera, five days a week, seven hours a day, mathematical calculation, there's my deduction. That's not good enough. You need to be keeping records continuously, contemporaneously about this week, five days, actually, when did I work from home? When did I have to go into the office for a meeting? When did I go to a seminar? When was I sick? And addition to that, if you were working on a large project, for example, which actually went beyond your normal nine to five working hours, what were the additional hours you committed to that that you would have stayed in the, the office for had you been working from the office? So it's about keeping continuous records so that you know and can show actually the hours you did work from home. Okay, so there's a little bit more to it. So look, it's about time for a break here. We're on Dollars and Making Sense. I'm Ray Treveson, and I'm here with Neville Berthsell from the uh, Institute of Financial Professionals Australia. We're going to go for a short break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, and thank you for listening to Dollars and Making Sense, a weekly radio program about finance, money, and investing on Radio Northern Beaches and nationally on the community radio network around Australia. The views, comments and opinions aired during our program should not be construed or viewed as financial advice. Any commentary is general advice only and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. You should consider whether the advice is suitable for you and your personal circumstances. If in doubt, you should contact an authorised licensed financial planner. We welcome questions and feedback and you can get in touch with us via our blog, social media channels or email. Please search for Dollars and Making Sense in your favourite podcast platform or check out our blog at otgcapital.com.au forward slash blog. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Dollars and Making Sense. I'm Ray Treveson, and at the microphone today, I have Neville Berthasil from the Institute of Financial Professionals Australia, and we are talking tax deductions surrounding working from home. Now, before we went to the break, Neville, we were talking about contemporaneous records. Now, can you explain to the listeners that it's now going to apply not just to certain uh, people, but a whole range of people, aren't they? Yeah, that's right, Ray. So... Under the new guidance provided by the tax office, it now applies to everybody. Under the previous guidance, those working from home and using the hybrid method, not the shortcut method, the hybrid method, were entitled to keep a four-week diary to indicate how much they were working from home and then extrapolate that across the year. That's now been thrown out and you have to keep your contemporaneous records going forward. And the guidance talks about contemporaneous records as being similar to what the previous guidance was, rosters, logs, time tracking apps, a diary or similar documentation. You can't simply use the the logbook that everybody was previously using for many years. I guess they've really put the onus of proof back on the taxpayer again, rather than um, I, I, being an old army guy, kiss principal, keep it simple, stupid. And so that four-week logbook 
being extrapolated. I guess people extrapolated it to the best possible outcome. And I, I think the tax people have finally said, you know what? <laughs> no, we want a little bit more detail. Is that a fair assumption? I think that's part of it, right? Definitely. So, so look, in our notes, I guess one of the things that we like to do here on the show is really perform a, an education process. And so given these changes have now been promulgated by the ATO, what do we do? You know, what? how do we go forward from here? So if you're, use, if you're previously using the shortcut method, then you need to continue keeping the contemporaneous records that you would have and hopefully were already keeping. Of course we were, right, Neville? Of course we absolutely, were. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Certainly all of our members were, no doubt about it. Um, but you also need to consider there are two other methods available to you now, or there are two methods available to you now because the shortcut method is finished. The two methods being the actual expense method where, as it, as the name implies, Whatever you incur, you can claim, but mm. you have to apportion that those expenses between what is just your running of your personal home and what you're actually incurring as working from home. And therefore, there's a lot more paperwork involved to do the calculations between, as I said earlier, what is the dishwasher and what is actually you working from home, which is incurring electricity costs. Is it the kids playing on the Xbox or is it you working from home that is costing you on the internet? You have to make all those expense uh, apportionments for all of your expenses. Then you've got the hybrid method. The hybrid method now allows you 67 cents per hour to claim and that then covers your electricity and gas, your internet, your mobile phone and your stationary computer consumables, but doesn't include any of your depreciation costs. So if there's that mahogany desk you always wanted, great, you can now go and buy it. And if it's under $300, which it probably won't be, but then nevertheless, you can claim it outright. Otherwise, you can depreciate it over the life of the desk. So you've got that option now. If we could loosely say the good things about the new guidance the ATO has introduced is it has gone from 52 cents to 67 cents. But if you actually okay. do the inflation calculation, I'm, all of Australia is acutely aware of inflation at the moment, you actually find the 52 cents should have probably been around 60 cents already. So it's only really jumped up to 67 by 7 cents to 67 cents. Um, the guidance has confirmed that you don't need a dedicated workspace. So if you're working from the kitchen table, that is okay. But the the negative things coming out of it um, are the the inclusions of your mobile phone and your internet don't give you any scope if your actual expenses are above what the sixty seven cents is going to cover. As I said earlier, you can't use a logbook anymore. Now there is a concession until the there was a concession till the 28th of February, um, but from the 1st of March, you have to keep contemporaneous records. The ATO allowed you up until the end of February to keep using your logbook. And the record keeping, in addition to keeping your hours, you have to keep one bill 
to prove you incurred each cost. So you have to keep one electricity bill. You have to keep one mobile phone bill. If you go to Officeworks, you've got to keep one bill to show you bought a ream of paper. So there's more uh, record keeping required and you have to keep the contemporaneous records around your hours. I guess one of the things that constantly, I guess, gnaws on my brain a bit, Neville, given that uh, I've done, you know, a, a lot of what you're talking about. So working from home, hopping on a plane, uh, you know, data roaming back in the day when, you know, we didn't have capped mobile plans. And I, I can remember very clearly some of my colleagues having two, three, four thousand dollar mobile monthly mobile bills when they were hopping to, you know, when I was going through Asia, so I was hopping through Singapore, Hong Kong, Tokyo and and other places, and the roaming charges at that time were extortion. Now, I, I would say very openly, I never paid that. I mean, I simply put in my expense account uh, back to my company. I was working for Cisco at that time, and they dutifully paid for it. And I guess <clears throat> as part of their ongoing tax commitments, they would then write that off against the profits of, of the company in the normal course of the tax year. So we're always talking in these circumstances in here is where these are this is personal expenditure that is being incurred by the taxpayer that's not being reimbursed. That's correct, isn't it? It's absolutely correct, yes. So uh, I, I guess, again, I, I look at this and when I see some of the, the hyperbole and vitriol being levelled at the tax office for simply trying to run uh, the, the country's um, uh, revenue uh, collection, collection agency, I look at them and go, I, I don't know what the problem is or uh, is, is, much, is, much, is much ado about nothing here or am I just seeing it too simplistically? I guess the issue is for those people who have been relying on the logbook method for years. And this is how much I work from home and are legitimately keeping a logbook. Then suddenly to have to change that. And if you if you run it to the nth degree, let's say um, you're working from home, so you work up until four o'clock but then you stop and you go and pick up the kids and you get dinner ready and you get them through the bath and into bed. And then so at nine o'clock you start work again and you work through to 10.30. You've got to record when you started in the morning, when you stopped to pick up the kids, when you started again after they went to bed, when you stopped again. Now, if you have, say, three other interruptions during the day, you could be keeping a record which is six or eight entries per day compared to one logbook, which was four weeks, and that's it. I'm done for the year. Yeah, I certainly see the the, the downside of that. And I think, truth be told, I, I can't imagine too many people would be that meticulous or, or am I not necessarily a, an avid bookkeeper. I mean, I, I run my calendar for meetings and even, you know, when we scheduled this particular radio interview, we did so, you know, electronically. But I don't go in there and go, okay, I'm at my desk right now. Okay, I'm going for a coffee right now. Oh, well, I'm back at my desk again. I don't do that. I mean, is that the expectation really that the tax office is going to see from people going, you know what, to keep Mr. Taxman happy for, what is it, 67 cents an hour? I look at that, and, and maybe it's worthwhile using this term because it's something I learned at university in the one accounting unit I did because I eschewed accounting, I have to tell you. 
materiality. I mean, is it of material gain that we're doing all this additional burden of, of tracking and monitoring for what seems like nickel and dime petty cash types of, of amounts of money? Or am I over-glossing this? Well, I guess if you look at it from the revenue point of view, I think the average claim under the shortcut method was about $1,000. So let's say the ATO targets 10,000 taxpayers who all claimed over $1,000 and dutifully put in their tax return COVID hours rate. So they know who it was. They know that you use the shortcut method and they know they claimed over $1,000. And they ask you to provide your contemporaneous records, which are in accordance with their guidance. And I spoke about the Ephraim example earlier. And mm -hmm. you send in your mathematical calculation, they knock you out and say, no, that's not good enough. And they deny you the deduction. 10,000 people, $1,000 deduction, there's $10 million in revenue they've just recouped. So if by generating an electronic letter that comes out, it, yeah, even if pessimistically it costs them five bucks per letter that's fifty thousand dollars to get ten million dollars so is it nickels and dimes when you look at it like that neville that's great context i gotta tell you i feel like i've been slam dunked and rightly so so that's a very good reply that's a very good reply so look in rounding out we've got a couple of minutes left before we, we wrap up what are the some of the tax deductible misconceptions that you see in your daily travels that get ensconced in this discussion around work from home? What are things that people are blatantly doing wrong that they really should know better? I think the, the biggest misconception is what is included in the fixed rate method and what isn't. And as we discussed before, if you're getting reimbursed by your employer, you can't claim that. If you're using the fixed rate method, under the new guidance, you can't claim your mobile phone and your internet separate from that. So those that are working from home and using the ATO guidance need to be across what is included in the fixed rate method and what isn't, and be very clear on that. Be very clear on what they're getting reimbursed for by their employer so that they're not double dipping. And I guess as a final point, where should listeners go to if they want to find out more? They can go to our website, which is ifpa.com.au. Uh, we have a webinar on there that is available on demand on this exact topic. Um, if they can't access it through the webinar, they can give us a call on 03 8851 and we'll be very help happy to help them. And again, I, I know many people won't have their pen and paper ready to write that. So certainly, you know, look it up on the blogs and uh, and uh, use your favourite internet search engine, ifpa.com.au. Always a great resource. Neville, as always, it's a pleasure having you on the show. I know we're going to have you back because there's always great and varied and incredibly interesting things to talk about when it comes to tax. And uh, here on Dollars and Making Sense, it's all about education. Neville Berthesil from IFPA, thank you so kindly for being with us today. Thanks, Rachel.